Alright guys, welcome to another episode on the podcast. Got myself Brian, my co-host Squint, and my good friend Boris. Hey guys. We're gonna talk about some real estate stuff, some life stuff, and see where it takes us. Yeah, so Boris is a fund manager. Um, he's in the, you know, what is real it? estate and, and fund managing. What is a fund manager? Uh, we operate a real estate debt fund and uh, uh, we provide financing for real estate transactions. So. When you don't have time or qualifications to qualify at the bank, uh, that's where we come in. So you need a, you know, you need a loan on this setup. Uh, you need money tomorrow. That's when you call, you. call us. Yeah. How fast can you close a deal usually? About a week. Okay. I mean, if there's no construction component, about a week. Mostly commercial. Commercial, residential, but it has to be business. It has to be business. It cannot be I'm consumer. Not for me to live there. Yeah, I, and really, like, I don't want school teachers and social workers uh, getting into high interest loans. I mean, God bless them, but I don't want to be their lender. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be in front of the judge telling him why I'm evicting a mom, a single mom, seven exactly. kids, and a grandma. So the, no, that probably won't go in your favor. Yeah, so we deal with the uh, professionals that know time is more valuable than money exactly so that's uh, that's pretty way uh, pretty much our niche construction commercial residential whatever you know quick in quick out how do you feel about the current real estate market at least in California you know I just saw somewhere in social media a list of the most expensive cities in the world I did not read on the criteria but LA was up there and uh, I I, became, I was a teenager when I moved to LA, 92. LA looked a lot different than uh, it, it does now. And it changed and it became a world city. So, so uh, part of my thinking is LA is very, very cheap city. Back in the days you compare it with Hong Kong, London, Singapore, Paris, like New York. Uh, LA was much cheaper, it still is cheaper. Mm -hmm. But back in the days, LA was not a world city. Today, you have foreigners coming in, people spending money. You see a lot about people moving to other states, Texas and Florida. Uh, let's face it, uh, if you can afford to live here, you can move your dealings there, you can buy a place in Miami and Singapore and whatever you want, but you're keeping your flat here. You want your kids to go to school here. Uh, there's a lot of I mean, not everybody, but so I think LA is still long term. It's still pretty cheap, but uh, real estate market now it's very healthy. It's leveling. It's you know it's dropping a little bit, but it's a very healthy adjustment. Do you see adjustments continuing through the year? Or? Problem is there's no inventory, so people want to buy for cheaper, but there's there's nothing to buy yeah but you're not selling you're not selling and I'm not selling no everybody's <laughs> holding yeah and I had this client he bought a step-up house and he needed to sell his house it was a small house in Beverly Hills post office like nice tidy house he listed it at three and a half million he dropped it to 3.3 then he calls me said Boris what do you think I need to do I'm like it's your fucking house you know do whatever you want it's like I have nine hundred thousand dollar loan at three percent interest was like, well, I'm not dropping the price. I can rent this thing for 15 grand. And so that's the problem. There's no inventory. So I don't see, uh, if somebody needs to sell, yeah, you, you'll see some deals out there, but 
for the masses? Not for the business. Yeah, you want to buy a house, uh, you know, what's your criteria? You want uh, school for the kids, you want uh, a certain price point, you want certain location. You know, everybody has their criteria, not like you go buy, you know, if these tomatoes are not available, fuck it, I'll buy the, you know, the tomatoes from a different farm. You know, there's a lot bigger criteria. So I don't see the cross the board uh, drop. I don't see significant drop. And people always ask the right, right questions. They ask, when is this thing going to happen? I say, ask why. You know, like there has to be 2008. There were things that led up to the drop. Uh, here, economy is doing well. We're all waiting for recession. It's not coming. People are employed. And money is losing its value. If money loses its value, like what happens? Like, you, like what saves your value when you keep it in real estate? Properties. Yeah. yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about like um, the Fed easing and the things that are going on with money itself? Like why is money losing its value? You know, it's funny, like yeah, a year ago, I listened to some politicians or I turned off my TV about five years ago, but I read internet. And I think it was Nancy Pelosi and she came up with all these, you know, uh, we have inflation because this or because that. Uh, like you guys printed 12 fucking trillion dollars of money and uh, of course you're gonna have inflation. In 2008 when we had the real estate market crash that led to trick, you know, it trickled down to architecture, building, uh, building supplies, Home Depots, the government printed four trillion dollars. We had a scare and a hiccup uh, during COVID, they printed three times as much. It was a big economic impact in 2008 now it was a scare economy was doing well you know they printed some money to to get the economy going fine you needed to act fast you don't think much they needed to do that but fuck you start uh, they did it two or three times for individuals for businesses not every some some businesses were doing very well oh yeah you needed to save maybe restaurants or hotels and don't give the money away give them a fucking loan yeah so yeah, you print that much money, you're gonna have uh, issues with the system. So that's uh, uh, why inflation started, obviously. And uh, now they're increasing the rates to try to keep it under control. But Fed is always either too early or too late to the party. Do so, you think the rates will continue to increase on the Fed side? So uh, it looks like they have. Uh, uh, you know, the consumer price index, the inflation is subsiding and it looks like, you know, they may have one or two in them. Eventually, I mean, sooner rather than later, I think in the next three to four months, they should stop in my opinion. And I think they'll have it under control next year. Um, economists, they have all these models going back, but, you know, every time our politicians or the Fed, like, do something stupid like it's a new thing like we never it's it's unprecedented every year we print more and more money so it's very hard to model these things but uh, you know it's a I very accelerated rate huh if i look it, at like just the raw statistics of it it keeps getting more and more and more faster 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 there's only one country that has license to print money money yeah. that somebody needs it's us so we can do it for a long period of time but when enough is enough so I think they'll get it under control in the next 
a few months where they don't have to raise it. And I think maybe early next year they're going to start. Uh, they're going to start down. dropping. But uh, you know, me and you were talking about watches recently. Yeah. So I see this phenomenon. You know, uh, uh, the wealth gap, uh, and you know, you have people that buy regular consumer things. They fill up their cars. They buy movie tickets. They buy sneakers. Right, like everyday thing. And these people are uh, more susceptible to price changes. You know, and when you look at the luxury market, a lot of people entered that market during COVID. I mean, you sit at home doing nothing and yeah. uh, like, fuck it, I'll buy myself a Rolex. Like, and, you know, I think people got into, into rush still now, like luxury items, they, it's hard to get them. And these people, uh, they're not very, you know, I think it's called uh, price elasticity. They're, they're, they, they don't really care about prices, like, yeah. uh, paying more. Uh, you know, these people have the money and they learn how to tap into their savings after staying at home in their mask for two yeah. years. So, like, okay, things are not that bad. I can, I can go into my saving box or whatever, sell some Tesla stock, <laughs> buy myself <laughs> a watch. <laughs> or, yeah. so, so there is, a, there is a little, a little bit, it's leveling off on a regular people, you know, on the lower end, but high end, it's still, there's still, inflation some of these luxury retailers are they're raising the prices new car prices went up more than they're making more before. money than ever. yeah it's very profitable through this turmoil time right absolutely but but like i said you know you sit at home you're not there's only so much crap you can buy on yeah, amazon you're not yeah. out and then they let you out of your cage i'm like okay i'm going to the movies i'm buying rolex i'm buying uh a new car uh, yeah you know during COVID, if you remember anything that was not affixed to the ground anything that, uh, you know, recreational vehicles, jet skis. Oh, all of that went through uh, the roof. All, all of them went through the roof. The dumbbells, the exercise equipment, clippers for the hair. Yeah. I paid 300 bucks for. Wow. Uh, but like, like all this recreational stuff, you, you know, they let you out of the house, that thing, and then you will go buy a car and you go buy like some stupid shit that you don't need. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah, it's I think burning. we all did a little bit of that. Yeah, everybody did. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah. I'm finally free. I can go back to the store. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, like you said, they're, if you have the money, it's great, but it's not long-term good investment stuff. You know, it's, it's like you said, things that are connected to the ground are, are things that hold value actually. Right. Right. You can lend and borrow against those. And you can show it off uh, when people come over. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. So how long have you been doing the fund management? So we started a company 20 years ago. It was a conventional uh, mortgage brokerage. And then in 2008 or nine, all these regulations, I didn't want to deal with the banks and the regulations because you know people lost a lot of money, people lost real estate and banks were too big to fail. So they went after brokers like us. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go into private game, dealing with investors and uh, uh, so I think about 2010 or 11, we, uh, we opened this fund. We started doing for private financing, but with individuals' money. And uh, then we opened the fund because we needed uh, to control that money and make profits for our investors. So it's a 20 years in the industry. Maybe the fund is about 11, 12 years old. That's good. Yeah.
I don't know how to do anything else. <laughs> yeah. I'm not good looking enough for the movies. So. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like you've, uh, you know, you found your niche, you know? Yeah. And, and transitioned well, obviously. You know, a lot of people, you know, sink with the ship instead of, you know, making a pivot and, and turning into something that they think will be long-term beneficial. Oh, we are responsible for a lot of cab drivers and nurses and pole dancers yeah. from the good time uh, yeah. in real estate. When 2008 sank, you know, people forget to save. Uh -huh. People, you know, you make a paycheck, you go buy. It's easy to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's not like market goes like this, market goes like this. Yeah. Uh, well, like that in 2008. It does, yeah. Well, so, it's like they say in gambling, you know, when you're up. You never think it's going to end, and, <laughs> and when you're down, you feel like you'll never be up again, and it, it changes very fast, huh? Dude, this too shall end. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, uh, did you find a bigger demand for your services during COVID? Since banks were harder to get into, like physically, you just couldn't walk in and see Joe to start a loan. Well, process. because of that, for sure, but also because of, you know, why did they print so much money? Because they were scared. Yeah. Uh, when things are bad, you can budget for that. When things are good, you can budget for that. But when it's unprecedented, you don't know what's going to happen. The banks say, hey, we're not lending. Yeah. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And banks have these guys, they call them uh, risk managers, and they all find themselves in the same room and they scare the shit out of each other. They went to the same schools. They go to the same conferences. And pretty much they're scared of the same thing. And uh, I don't blame them. It's unknown. Uh, and also the banks are sitting on other people's money. Yes. So their risk level is this. Uh, uh, so yes, uh, our demand went up during COVID, but our demand went up even more uh, when Fed started hiking rates. Now, before, you know, people would come to the bank, the bank is at four, I'm at 10, they need speed. They have to think about it. What's more important? Today, banks are at eight, nine, I'm at 10, 11 still there's not much uh, not there's not much difference so it makes it easier to work yeah. with you. and you're faster uh well yeah that's uh that too so there's a lot of demand there's a lot uh, oh and a lot of our competition went out of business the competition that was sitting on leverage and other people's you know on wall street's money that's so gone. there's not as much demand so no things are good and it was a great rebuilding period too because as everything shuts down it gives people time to remodel reopen you know a lot of businesses have been started during covid with this money and things and uh i think uh people quit their jobs and decided to do other things as well huh? hey and reflect uh i was you know we never closed our doors but every, a lot of companies did i was sitting in a zoom meeting uh 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 outside i have a i live in a building we have a nice rooftop 7 a.m. I grab a coffee and uh, I, go, I go in a Zoom meeting. Yeah. You get out, you have 30 minutes, you, you have time to reflect. And I was actually outside. I started exercising outside. I had my meetings outside. You change a little bit, even yes. though our office was, was always open. But uh, yeah, people rebuilt, reflected, mm -hmm. changed. And like you said, some people quit their job because you know, you're miserable for so many years. And then you need an event yeah. that changes. Some people retired. Some people did, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and going forward, it, it did, you know, prioritize what's important in life, I think. I, I, yeah, I, a lot of people, it's a rat race uh, 
in this city, in this country. 100%. And people don't have time to take a step back and reflect on what's important. It's hard. It's a, it's a, it's a beautiful life and you have access to so many cool things in Los Angeles. But at the same time, like you said, the pace of things doesn't allow for you to, to step back and take it easy. You know, life yeah. is easier in Tennessee when you know that absolutely things are going to be a lot more stable, right? A absolutely. You know, it's that it's, and you know, we're always competing. People are always, especially now we're in an Instagram world. It's like, mm -hmm. Oh my God, like, uh, look at what this person. Uh, doing yeah. Look at, and, uh, uh, no matter how much we all want to say or other people, we're not like that, but you know, it's, it's an LP that they program you like monkey you, see monkey uh, do. Always. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you know, you, you take a step back. It's like, okay, wh what did I just do? But like, yeah, like you see this and, uh, we all like that in one way, shape or form or another. It's not like that in Tennessee. No, 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 completely it's a little different. different. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, you have more mellow life, more family life, and uh, uh, I, I had a lot of uh, friends, uh, uh, clients, borrowers, they moved to North Carolina, Tennessee, different lifetime, they're happier. Yeah, I open speak space, to them. Uh, I friendly speak people. To them. Yeah, different types of people. Yeah. You're, you're not in a rat race, uh, and you can afford a bigger house or the house that you want. It's not so much bigger, you know. You're paying for the house, not the land is so much. Yeah, you, you is, get the land. The land you got is the much land. cheaper, yes. Yeah, so, and you know, things like that, uh, uh, yeah. It appeals to certain people. It, it appeals uh, to everybody at some it, point. I guess it appeals to everybody, just nobody knows how, Yeah. you know, you think the grass is green on the other side, it's you never green. know until you move. Yeah. And then you move and obviously you bring your own fucking baggage with you. <laughs> it becomes the same. But yeah, no, uh, I, I agree with you. That's, uh, Do you think uh, we'll see a continued exodus from like blue states to red states? Because that's basically what we, we are seeing, right? Is people fleeing the cities and democratic areas with uh, stricter policies for more welcoming uh, smaller markets? So I think investors... And over the past years, because our fund was investing strictly, was lending strictly in California. We switched that model about two years ago. We went nationwide as we grew. We went to major metros. And I talked to a lot of investors. I was like, uh, uh, we're, you know, the guys would come call and say, hey, can you do this, this, and that on apartment building? But I'm still looking. I'm like, well, you got to give me a location. It's like, I'm looking in red states. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I, am, I heard it too many times, too many times uh, because of the policies. And of course, our governor came out and said, you don't have to pay your rent during COVID. So Did that hurt some of your people you lend to? Well, yeah, it hurt everybody. Plus, uh, even those people that were getting those rent payments, uh, they, these are the people that say, fuck this shit, I'm going to go and invest in red states. So that's from the perspective of investors, but from the perspective of people, regular people that want to live here, people complain about homelessness and schools and this and that. At the end of the day, I think most people living in LA that can afford to live in LA, is, you know, we call it a weather tax. Yeah. You know, we complain and like, okay, ah, okay. I had homeless next block. Now I have homeless in front of my house. <laughs> think he's going to move in with my, <laughs> with me. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, no, I think people from LA, 
in California, California is always going to be in demand. Uh, plus, if you look at Los Angeles, we have Apple now, we have Netflix, we have, and these people need to attract uh, uh, labor force. So you see young, high income kids moving to LA yeah. uh, to get these jobs. They get paid a lot. Their heart is still, they're still liberal, mm -hmm. right? How the church is still said. growth, Somebody right? Somebody said, uh, if you're under 30 and you're not liberal, you have no heart. If you're over 30 and you're not conservative, you have no brain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so I see investors leaving, but again, investors like mom, pop, big yes. guys, but institutional big money, there's only so much coastline in California. Yeah. There's only so much Beverly Hills. So there, plus there's sexiness for big investors uh, in California that live in Tennessee. Yeah. Some guy made it in Tennessee, in North Carolina. He sits there, hmm, where do I get my return? It's like, oh, there's this building in Beverly Hills. It's sexy, mm -hmm. especially from out of state. So I don't think we're going to have exodus. Yeah. Uh, and I'll, I'll tell you more. If you look at the demographics, people that move out of state, uh, these are middle class uh, people that are smart, educated, they have good jobs good paying jobs, a CPA and a nurse that are making their ends meet in California. Yes. They live like kings anywhere else. Kings. So, and, but people that are coming in here, they, uh, they have higher income. Yeah. Uh, Tech jobs, very right. intelligent. And people that are chasing a big, a bigger dream, right? Yeah. Entrepreneurs too. So, so if you actually break it down, like who's leaving, who's coming in, Plus, a lot of people are leaving for political reasons. People with money, they do Texas, they do Florida, but they still leave their here. businesses and houses. And there's a lot of people like that. Yeah. They, you can live uh, part of the year here, part of the year in, in Miami. Yeah. So I see a lot of that too. So I don't, one, I don't buy the Exodus. Uh, two, uh, uh, I think, you know, you got New York, Miami. LA, maybe Chicago's big cities, everybody else's. Yeah, Chicago gets forgetting about, forgotten about a lot. It's yeah. a, and it's a huge market. It's a huge market. I like that city, actually. I mean, it's, the weather's not good, but uh, it's, uh, you know, it actually has a lot of beauty to it. It's definitely cleaner than New York. I had a good time there. I haven't been there yet. Never been to Chicago, huh? See, that's yeah. the thing, so. Me neither. I heard good uh, things, never yeah, it's a, it's a, you know. They lost me a deep dish pizza. I think the first time being from LA and you always hear about New York City, right? Yeah. And and the allure of like the big city because we don't really get that downtown atmosphere here as much. Um, I was underwhelmed by New York City the first time I saw it. I remember driving and seeing the skyline coming in from Jersey from the airport and being like, damn, that's it. <laughs> and and it was very underwhelming, right? Yeah. And 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 then like DC. Now DC was super overwhelming for me. When you sit in the square and and you're in the middle of the Washington Monument and the Lincoln Monument, and you see the scale of things, you're like, wow, this is like ginormous. It's an extraordinary feat of of design and 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 stuff. And Chicago has more of that feel too, where you're in the downtown area on the river, and you're like, oh shit, this is like the forgotten about world that is is just as big as new york city and is a, a very awe-inspiring you know um, good culture good food and i think that they like that they get forgotten about because 
nobody really remembers. Everybody hears the bad things on the news and, yeah, and forgets the that and... that you know it's really the 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 third the third powerhouse. And I think people judge uh, the book by the expectations. Of course. Like you, you expected something from New York. Yes. And you come in, I've seen this on the postcard. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And uh, Chicago, yeah, I agree with you. It gets my, my good friend, he did a, uh, he took his two kids. Uh, they did a cross-country drive. And I asked him, like, which city? He said uh, Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. yeah, it's a beautiful city. Um, and it's a big, sprawling area with tons of business. You know, the Midwest is huge and, and it's, it's cold, it's hard to live, but it's it's a very open, a lot of opportunity there. That's good. And I love New York too, so I don't want to say that. I love New York City. I love the, the, the energy and the vibe there is amazing, you know? Would you live there? I think I could live there um, if there was something that was keeping me there, you know? Um, if I had businesses there that I had to run, I could live in New York City. I get the allure of it. Um, I, I love that things are open late and there's a lot of life in the streets and that everybody kind of congregates together. I feel like there's a lot of separation. One minute. Gotcha. Um, I feel like there's a lot of separation in LA when we're all in our little boxes right. and we don't really get to interact. But, uh, you know, you got billionaire Wall Street guys and, you know, people on the train together. Everybody's in the mix. So there's a little bit of a, of a, a blend of culture that makes everybody a New Yorker, right? And it has a shared like space. So there's something cool about that. I would prefer Miami, obviously. I think Miami is the blend of like, you know, I'm from Texas originally. I love uh, LA, I've been here my whole life. Um, I love the vibe, like the cultural vibe that Miami brings. You get the city, you get the, the Southern, you get the Caribbean influence, and you still get a little bit of that LA beach type of, you know, environment as well i definitely think that it's the it's the my favorable place to live yes yeah. how about you you like miami as well i like my i love new york but i never lived there again yeah. like you know if i have something keeping me there i live anywhere in the world exactly. you know but uh, i think new york is one of those uh you know as a tourist it's cool you get this out of the system maybe it's my age talking you know maybe if yeah. i'd be 22 <laughs> corporate lifestyle it's you know you party until four yeah. and then you get to work at 8 30 hungover nine maybe i i can't swing that now but uh, yeah as a tourist yeah and miami i'd love i don't love the humidity so no it's maybe 50 50 Split, yeah? Yeah, maybe I'm that kind of guy. Yeah, so it's half and half between Miami and L.A. would be a, a, a pleasurable blend, right? You get the yeah. winter in Miami, and then you get the, the, the more calm summer in L.A., huh? Yeah, my, my friends did that. They were very, during COVID, they were very pissed off with the mask regime and everything. They went to Sarasota first when it was open, and then they went to Miami, and then they moved their kids. They got their kids enrolled in Red State School. It's a, their business is still here, so they fly. Yeah, but I mean, you know, anybody, politics aside, we don't really get into it, but, you know, having a governor that stood up for its citizens in a certain sense in Florida and kind of said, hey, we're going to do things the way we do things and we're not going to, you know, be scared and, and uh, head in a certain direction or feel like somebody has to follow, you know, Oh, politics aside, Florida was 50-50 state. Everybody loves them. 
yeah. now. It's not a 50-50. They, they love him as a, because, yeah, like you said, he's a... He stood up for thumb, his citizens. Thumb, his thumb, citizens first. Yeah, he stood up he for... He did them. what a governor is supposed to do, right? Yeah. I don't think that we feel the same way about our situation here. Um, obviously, Sorry. California is a different machine, but there was something to be said. I mean, look, the guy's probably, you know, he's got to run at the White House now. Floridians hate that. No, because they love they, him they so much. No, they <laughs> don't want him. They're like, uh, you know, if you ever see pro-Trump uh, <laughs> centrists, <laughs> Democrats, that's in Florida because they, they want uh, they want DeSantis. Yeah, they want him to stay. Because yeah. um, they don't know what would come next. Yeah. How do you deal with the professional burnout? Like, you know, going so hard sometimes that we lose focus of, of uh, personal things and personal life. Are we on air already? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, so, gym always helps. Yeah. Uh, it's not physical. I mean, obviously, it's physical. It's more mental. And, but, you know, there's, there's weights, and then there is morning cardio. Mm -hmm. I, I don't do it often enough. But if Monday morning, I mean, you feel professional burnout on Monday morning more than, like, you know, you party, did whatever, spend yeah. time with kids, you do... A morning cardio, whatever, right? Like jog, walk, whatever. That really helps me. I need to take a step back, sometimes reflect. I don't do it often enough, but the quick fix is uh, morning cardio or just being at the gym. Just mm. being at the gym. Being active. Being active. Yeah. Need to unplug from our cell phones. I don't, I, unfortunately, I can't do it as often as I would like to. Me either. No, uh, it's tough. Uh, not happening. <laughs> but uh, uh, exercise, physical activity gives you that break between sitting at a desk, mental activity, and it uh, you know it brings me up. Uh, so, and uh, but as a long term, developing your people, you have to develop people that work for you. You have to give them uh, kings to the kingdom. You have to train them in a way uh, so you can take. Uh, a step back go on vacation that's been an area I've struggled in personally um, quite a bit with like training the right team just relinquishing control most obviously you know when you treat something like your baby it's hard to uh, it's hard to it's hard to put somebody in a position and think that they'll care about something the way you will you know or and and, and you know you got to have trust in the people that you that you bring on to to uh, you know, people aren't as motivated as, as they once were. It's hard to find somebody that uh, will treat your business like it's theirs type of thing. But a lot of it is in our here, mind. Huh? Yeah. yeah, sometimes you have to throw your baby into the pool and see if he swims out, but be there to catch him if they don't. So okay. it's, I had the same thing and then I realized... It's very limiting for you, right? Right. And yeah. then I realized, you know, you have to give people that trust. You can't scale without... Uh, without and getting uh, more time yeah. and you know it's there comes a certain step where you know they are managers they still do a good job but that strategic executive decision they don't want to make because you're still in the office yeah so and that too you have to but and I tell people you have to fuck up to learn that it's okay it's not the end of the world yeah, I learned it at the gym. You know, when I started like squatting with weight, I had this mental block. Like, I don't want to go low with heavier weight. 
and all my trainer did he put spotters and he put more weight than i can handle he said Made squat you learn how to go go all the way down i went all the way down i couldn't get up i put the bar on the spotters and after that i'm like okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know a few weeks later i did that weight but uh, it's okay to fail mm-hmm. it's it, you show your characters when you do uh, how you react to it yeah it's definitely so uh you said your trainer do you feel like uh i i've, I've worked with a trainer in the past and uh it, it it's a definitely a, an investment that pays that pays off for itself huh Listen, uh, everybody has their priorities, but I, I think uh, health is one of our priorities. It should be first, right? It, it should be first, you know, like people would go buy, you know, would save up for Rolex, for example, would buy stupid shit, and then they go to the store and they buy the cheapest meat, junk you know, yeah. cheapest chicken, junk food. Same thing at the gym, you know, like uh, everywhere in business and in the gym, everywhere, there is always a shortest, you know, straight line is the shortest distance yes you go to the gym you you figure things out on your own you're watching youtube videos you know it takes you much longer somebody Mm -hmm. figured it out already yeah you know like i've been working out my entire life i know these things but then my ego takes over you get injured you take a step back for three months so no trainer health they uh, push you they uh, plan for you yeah like uh, you know, I, I say save money somewhere else, but, uh, you know, Those qu- quality, food. Uh, Me too. I, I uh, definitely go for all of the higher end, uh, you know, as good of, of a cut of meat or as good of something as we can because, you know, we pay for it long term. Yeah. So, you know, that's your health. And, you know, we can't change the air we breathe unless we move to Tennessee. That's true. <laughs> that's very true. Uh, but you can buy the, horm- uh, you know. Uh, you, you can see what you put in your system with pesticides, hormones, mm-hmm. uh, meats, vegetables. Same thing at the gym. I mean, uh, there is a lot of cheaper alternatives to having actually personal trainers like online and like these Peloton bikes. Uh, but it keeps... Plus, I'm not 22 anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it keeps me... He keeps me from injuring myself. So Definitely. It, David, I agree. David was telling me about some health program that you were trying to push him to sign up for. Oh, this guy we've been talking to two years, like, you know, like Monday. Uh, no, I go to the, uh, to the gym and we talked about it for years. And yeah, uh, uh, I mean, over the years, I did different uh, meal plans and uh, But you said you plans. had like some crazy doctor and like a whole program or something. No, it wasn't. Oh. Maybe. I have a trainer. Oh, no, it's David. He doesn't want to work out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so I do that. Everything else, I mean, the discipline is on you. No, the doctor is not. Maybe I read something weird. But, uh, no. I say no. if you can walk, if you can breathe, you can, you yeah. can do... I mean, if you're not you 300 pounds overweight, you can, yeah. you can start on your own and then go see a doctor to make sure... Uh, you know, I, I go get my blood test done to make sure I'm not, uh, you know... I'm not dying tomorrow. And I mean, if I want to take supplements, uh, health is a, a priority because we see uh, very powerful or, or, or wealthy people that uh, health declines rapidly. And we see that they trade everything. What do they say? What's the, the, the saying is that, you know, you, uh, you work so hard to gain wealth and then you give it all away for 
for the health that you risk to gain the wealth in the first place, right? And, you know, we talked about red rays before. You know, That's like, part of it. It's yeah, we're looking for balance uh, yeah. in life because, like, who needs uh, uh, that money or everything, you know? When you're 70 years old, 75, you know, you don't have time to enjoy it. Your dick is not even fucking working. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the same. So, I, yeah, I think it's finding that balance. And you do see these guys, you know, they buy this sports car when they're like yeah. 100 and they forgot to live uh, when they were younger. Yeah. So. Definitely yeah. finding a balance early. And, and, and I agree that, the you know, uh, planning early for things is, is better, right? You want to live youthful when you're youthful and, uh, and uh, slowly graduate as, as you get older, right? Everybody's looking for balance the entire life. It changes, you know, you're single, you're married, you have kids, yeah. your kids are grown up. So, so, you know, it's a moving target, but, uh, and, uh, you know, we, we are getting wiser as we, I mean, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully yeah. we're yeah. getting wiser as we, as we grow, our priorities change, right? So uh, we, we touched on this earlier, but how did you get over the mental hurdle of handing over control to some of your managers and not being wanting involved on a day to day basis so intricately? Um, I worked on myself. I read books. Uh, I, uh, I talked to other businessmen. Um, I went to Tony Robbins. Yeah. Uh, actually, it was a four-day event. I got a little bit out of it and a whole lot of upselling on his end. But uh, that was actually a good experience. It was, huh? Uh, I hear good things about it. Just the energy. The energy, is, ama yeah. is amazing. Got 10,000 people. And, you know, yeah. some rooms you walk in, the guy was on stage for 14 hours yeah. without t taking a piss or uh, eating. Uh, so, it, you know, I evolved into this, but uh, this is the first thing when you start reading, like when you talk to other people, because you can't, uh, you can't do everything yourself. Correct. And, uh, you know, and then uh, you can't work 24 hours a day. And then at some point, you know, you, you want to spend time with your family and it's, it's evolves. The book that really helped me, didn't help me put things in perspective. I wish I read it when I was starting my business it's called emit uh, by michael gerber basically tells you that every business is the same okay your business your business my business mcdonald's figured it out you know they made it a conveyor line they make repetitive tasks right so uh, and you're reading the book the original book is about uh, opening a bake uh, bakery you know this lady worked for somebody and she decided to open her own business and you read this book uh, about bakery, I, re I read this and I'm like, fuck, they're writing about me. Yeah. And I sell services. She sold product. Like in my mind, you know, it's so much more difficult. It's so, you know, so different selling services versus a product. That book was about my business, about my mindset about me. Wow. So, uh, E-Myth by Michael Gerber, I recommend any, uh, what, you what, know, what is the title again? E, uh, uh, slash myth. Make a note. Read E slash myth by Michael Gerber. Yeah, and E, it's before the internet, so it's, it means entrepreneurial myth. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, I learned it, and I learned, and plus, you get good people. I mean, some people you recognize talent, and you want to 
give them more tasks. You want them to grow. And, you know, you, you, you get older in business, not so much in age. You want to mentor somebody. You want to leave something after yourself. And I had a lot of people that left my company for one reason or another. They started their businesses. They went to work for somewhere else. Uh, some did it in a good way, some not so much. But, you know, if people are not with me, they're out there doing their thing. Like, it makes me proud of if they're doing yes. good. The talent leaves regardless, right? Yeah, talent leaves regardless. Uh, and you can have pride in, in helping them start their journey as well. Absolutely. And some people, they still, you know, they become their own brokers. They send me business. And you have business, but, yeah. but beyond that, you know, when somebody calls you, because everybody in the industry pretty much knows each yeah. other. It's like, hey, you know, Johnny, that motherfucker used to work for you, huh? Like, he, whatever, right? Or, uh, or you know, Bob, like, yeah. thank you. I, I work with him and, you know, it, it's nice. Yeah. Uh, I'm a sucker for kind words. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all are. At the end of the day, we're humans and we want yeah. to be, uh, you know. And we know here is... As much as we'd like these days yeah it's uh you know the social and the technology although it does accelerate what is possible like sitting here with this podcast it also separates us in a way that we're in our own little box getting our own little algorithm and our own little view you know i don't think we have the shared the shared personal reality that we used to have right no no it's funny like you go to dinner and i like the people watch and you just see people on their phones, not really having a conversation, but they're there in the presence of one another, but no one's talking. The kid's on the iPad, each parent's on their phone, but people forgot how to have a conversation in person. It's true, yeah, definitely. I saw that after COVID was very step back, not only for the children with the masks and that type of thing and the schooling, but just in general, I remember being on the street and uh, and somebody like being afraid to touch the the walk sign because I was standing there and it's like the standoffishness <laughs> when you when you look at somebody in the face and whether you have a mask or not or this but they were like they just they forgot how to be around people they were fearful of, Dude, of just still getting in an elevator doing normal weird. things it can be yeah it's like, a shame with certain like you know I'm always in different parts of the country and it's like you get in an elevator with like a group of people and I, oh, I'll get on the next one yeah yeah it, it, it's a yeah, definitely re, re, uh, rewired a lot of the public's, uh, you know, hardware, so to speak. Well, it started with the internet. Yeah, it did. Yeah, because everybody went to Zoom, everybody went to no more in-person stuff. So they mm -hmm. forgot what it's like to sit down and have a conversation. Yeah. And our kids are getting smarter with these iPads, but, you know, what's, where's is, the, the line is lost, between right? the street smarts and common yes. sense and just being able to go to the park yes. and being able to ask the guys to join a game, basketball, soccer, whatever it is. They don't know how to do that or to communicate with each other. Yeah, yeah it's so. a definitely a gap. But they can go online and figure out anything that we, you know, we had to trust our parents or somebody older than us telling us, you know, or read ourselves to learn. Now they can do that themselves. You can't lie to your kids anymore. No. <laughs> so my son is only three, so I still haven't figured out the parental control. <laughs> yeah. I still think that, uh, yeah. No, Do you try and limit screen time? You know, I was one of those guys looking from the outside at other people's kids like, oh, my God. You know, like, they don't spend time. They're always on a iPad. Uh, on the phone, I'm not gonna be that parent, right? So first year, like we would show my kid TV a few times, maybe he didn't know what the phone is, you know. 
first year so I was so proud of it I was bragging and then uh, they grow older they require more time they run around and you know you get more tired and people come in you want some time for yourself like okay here's a cartoon I mean we watched cartoons growing up and here's the phone and then uh, yeah I don't we tried uh, my wife tells me I'm uh, I'm the dad from uh, Big Daddy what's that movie with Adam Sandler Big Daddy yeah <laughs> so like my wife tries to do more of that and I'm a very uh, I became father at 41 or 42 uh -huh. so and I'm thinking you know the, it was tough uh, uh, for us uh, growing up it was tough for me and the life was tough in general you know yes. let the kid enjoy it you know yeah. he'll hit uh, the reality of life sooner rather than later but uh, no I, to answer your question I don't I probably should yeah I, it's hard for me as well I mean I had a my oldest is 20 so I had the early experience and then I had kids again uh, as I got older and so now I have a four six and a newborn um, and obviously technology has evolved, but it, it, it's tough because it does uh, bring a piece and they do like it. And, and we have to know that, that going forward, our perception of the world is, is gone, right? Because our childhood and the way that we saw things, that, never, that, that will never not, exist again. That's not you know? coming back. And, and to limit them from something that obviously is gonna be the biggest part of their life going forward is, can almost hurt in a way as well, right? Because if you get behind on technology no they they they'll be there but uh, they'll do that yeah but my thing i don't want to be a screen daddy you know like no, i don't want to be on the screen when my son i want to take him to practices i want him yeah. to try sports music whatever yeah. whatever he wants like i want to get him out there on that uh, you know make him interact yeah it's uh, good uh, you know uh, team sports that so uh, you know you got screen parents that yeah you know, your son is on the phone, they're on the phone, okay, like, we're playing video games from different rooms or same room, yeah. okay, that's it, you know. I have a, a, my kids do a ton of activity, so it does help with that, too. It gives them some other outlets. Dude, your daughter's in non-stop activity. Yeah, non-stop. <laughs> She's got a, a, a Russian grandma that's uh, just, you know, she takes her everywhere, ice skating, gymnastics, singing, this, that. It's a little too much, but at least she cares yeah. and she wants to, uh, to you know, well, see, when you have somebody that's going to help you, yes. you're going to take that lo load from you. Of course, yeah. No. yeah definitely, well. definitely makes it easier for you. So let's try something uh, a little different. Let's, uh, we're going to hit you with some, uh, some questions, and, and you can give us a, like a, you know, either or, or yes or no type of, type of answer. Let's do it. Okay. That's whatever comes to your mind first. Okay. You go first or I go first? I can go first if you'd like. It's up to you. I don't give a shit. All right. Gold or Bitcoin? Gold. Yes? For sure. Any explanation why? Well, gold is tangible. Bitcoin is... Speculative? Speculative. It's new. It's... Yeah. I mean, I'm a finance accounting guy. You know, for me... You want uh, something you can touch. You know, I want something I can touch, and I want something with a proven track record. I mean, over a period of gold. A long time. Gold, gold. You younger, you want to speculate Bitcoin, but uh, slow growth. Uh, slow long growth. term safety. Listen, peace of mind. It's gold. Yeah, it's a it's a slow growth, but we know it's a growth, right? Uh, yeah. Plus, you wake up, you're not looking at 
fluctuations of gold. You don't, you're not having no. heart attack from <laughs> gold fluctuations, right? Like Bitcoin is quite a ride, especially <laughs> if you got in. I mean, if you got in early, God bless you. You, so you did got in well, a couple you know? hundred bucks or even but a thousand. But if you're riding a up and down <laughs> coin that's losing thirty or forty percent of its value every day, it's 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 it's, it's a it's a hard people attack, even right? long term they wake up to look at their portfolio. Yeah. And uh, you know they did good on trading. Their Bitcoin goes up. Their mood is up. Uh, Bitcoin goes down. You know they're cranking. You know they're in their period the, the whole the <laughs> yeah. whole day. Uh, you don't get that with with uh, gold. Yeah. Or commodities that are that are hard. Yeah, gold. Okay. Um, on the you know the track record thing, uh, the next one was uh, Beretta or Glock. No. Uh, Glock. Yeah. Better, Glock. better, uh, better platform. I don't know. It feels good on the hand. It's a little bit complicated, but yeah, it's, it's yeah. This guy's a Glock guy as well. Yeah, fuck, it's old faithful, bro. It's, it's, it's <laughs> before, so. Lock, dude. I ran some of mine to like five thousand rounds before I took yeah. it apart and cleaned it. I didn't start having issues to like high four thousand. Yeah, and then clean it, and you're good for another several thousand. That's true. <laughs> I, I have, I have, I have uh, a Glock. I have a Kimber. I like, I like the nineteen eleven platform as well. Nineteen eleven platform's I, amazing, but it's a little, it's different. Yeah, I like the idea of having a safety. <laughs> nah. you know i was reading about uh, uh about the football player about plaxico shooting himself uh in the club uh when he played for the giants because it <laughs> fell it fell from his waistband and he went to grab it and obviously he caught he caught it you know he grabbed the trigger so okay right. you got one for him uh basketball or football basketball yeah it's painful i'm a laker fan yeah <laughs> it's yeah, painful yeah. it's been painful lately it's been painful lately, but, uh, you know, all this talk about LeBron passing Kareem, do it in the winning game, you know, plus uh, uh, I like what LeBron can hypothetically do for this city, for the team. But if I'm GM, I'm trading him because I'm a Laker fan. I'm not a LeBron fan. Yeah, you want to go back to the, to the Laker vibe. I think that was the kind of the mood when he came here in the first place, right? Listen, you win, you become, city embraces you. That, yes. that would be nice. But... Uh, I can't, you know, we're chasing a playoff. We, we playing the team that we're in a playoff race with, and uh, we lose. But LeBron, you know, all the talk about LeBron and up uh, getting uh, beating Kareem, and obviously, you know, he's injured. He doesn't play a week or two after. You know, God bless you. I mean, it's amazing achievement, but as a Laker fan, I want <laughs> to see. To so, anyways, uh, basketball. Basketball. <laughs> basketball. Was there any more on that list? I think so. Uh, oh, blondes or brunettes? Is my wife watching? Uh, blondes, of course, blondes. <laughs> <laughs> blondes. Uh, uh, and then uh, I think you answered this one already, but Miami or New York? Miami. Uh, Miami. There's enough of New York and Miami already, right? Uh, listen, uh, I mean, it, it would be nice to spend some time in New York. I love New York. I never lived there. Uh, Miami. Could you live in Miami versus New York? Oh, yeah. I can see, again, not the full year. I cannot do... No, just a couple Oh, months. yeah. No, no, no. Miami, yeah, I love it. It's like if you pick the 
right spots because Miami, like, you go a few blocks to the left, it's more humid than you get bugs yeah. and anything that flies and bites. And I lived in Delray Beach for a couple of years, and I, and I really enjoyed it there. And Fort Lauderdale, Boca, that whole area north of the city is I like that it's a very pleasurable area to live. And then I, you know, I'm young too, so I can still find things that I like in the city, but it, it, uh, it definitely has its appeal, yeah. No, Miami, yeah. As we wrap up, is there anything like for business people that are starting up, any recommendations or any guidance you would give them? Uh, I mentioned the book, Emeth. Um, get out of your shell early, talk to other people. Uh, don't think of it as a competition today. It's a long game. Uh, you'll uh, uh, you'll get that chance and plan your business backwards. Most people, when they start their business, they say, "Okay, so uh, first I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna make so much money, and I'm gonna grow, and I'm gonna get to the next step, which I already know. But what's gonna happen after?" I don't know. You should be planning with a vision. I want to be here. This is how I envision myself. You know, uh, to get there, and then you start writing a plan. To get there, I need so many people. I need so many uh, uh, machines or whatever, whatever your business is. Uh, you know, plan it that way. You're one person today, you have a partner, uh, but plan it with a vision and build up to it. You know, have a plan before you dive in. It's like, hey, I'm gonna start doing something. And most people do it, you know, the wrong way. We did it the wrong way, I did it the wrong way. Uh, you but know, looking back. But looking back, uh, uh, I would start and invest in a good CRM, keep your contacts, uh, stay in touch. Because, uh, you know, you start running and then you forget uh, to call people and some people that were with you on the day one, you should never forget them. 100%. <clears throat> Making those uh, times to touch those people and just... Yeah, you touch those people and maybe you're never going to forget them, but you're going to forget people in between and, you know, you're going to lose loyal customers just by not uh, staying in touch. And it's a technology world. It's very easy, you know. Where can people find you if they uh, want to find you for business? Um, you can Google Boris Dorfman, LBC Capital Income Fund, or go to our website, www.lbccapital.com. And uh, yeah, I'm local here in LA. My office is in North Hollywood. Stop awesome. by for coffee. <laughs> it was a great show, brother. We appreciate you coming and, and spending your time with us. And, thank you. Uh, thank, thank you for, you for that having book. me. Uh, well, I needed you. that as well. I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to read that. Yeah, yeah it, it was. Too late, uh, you know, I read it. Never too late, but I understand. No, I, but yeah. I'm saying, yeah, yeah no, y y you reflect when you read it, but you really, it really sinks in when, when you do it before. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, better to be early than late, but better to be late than never, right? Exactly. Yeah, better late than never. Thanks, guys. Like and subscribe. See you on the next one.